Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's cracking, everybody? James Coe here with you. Um, this is a podcaster's worst nightmare, but uh, there were some audio issues on my microphone in today's episode that we did not catch until it got into the post editing. Anyways, just wanted to let you know, um, it's really intermittent. Um, it's really annoying, but I hope you guys can deal with it. Anyways, here's the show. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Reception the Show. And uh, if you are a longtime listener, uh, maybe for the past few months, you're thinking, okay, wh- what's going on here? Uh, hey, listen, man, uh, we talked about it on Monday's show, Matt, but uh, but here we are. We're, we're going two shows a week now. We're going full bore right into the season. Hell yeah, man. Uh, we are. It is It is approaching. Things are happening. Camp is right there on the horizon, and that pretty much yeah. just is the start of football season for those of us in the industry. But James, listen, I would be remiss if we didn't start yeah. the show by wishing you a happy birthday, uh, Yo, buddy, let's as we go. sit here on July 12th. <laughs> um, I did not text you today, not, and that's not because I forget, you know, 95% of my friends' birthdays. Uh, it's just, you know, you, you know, you told me, you told you, you remind this damn like yesterday. So, I mean, for God's yes, sakes, uh, exactly, it would right, be pretty right, embarrassing right. if I already forgot. Uh, yeah. So I wanted right. to save it for the show. Happy birthday to you. Shout out to you, man. I'm uh, so you. bummed. I will be missing the uh, South Bay Brewery Tour this year uh, after, after an absolute banger of a year last year. Well, we, we, we've been doing it now for uh, four unofficial years. Five, I guess, I don't know, pandemic kind of threw things into the muck but uh but yeah in in this area that we live in uh south bay of los angeles we there's there's a lot of breweries and uh and i'm a beer guy i love beer matt's a beer guy he loves beer and uh every single year that we've had the opportunity to do it uh for my birthday we do a little bit of a a brewery tour in the south bay and this this year will be no different but my guy matt Harmon is going to be on the east coast so he's not going to be able to partake uh, which is which is a bummer, man. Which is an absolute just bummer. just Facetime me in. I've got I've still there got go. like a few El Segundo beers uh, in the in the in the fridge here. So uh, yeah, you, you, you I'll crush one with you. Facetime me in. <laughs> you know the thing about turning into your mid forties too, or you know early forties, however you want to. In your forties, you're in your forties. It's like you, you go through different stages when you celebrate your birthday. At first, you wake up and you're like, oh, this is great. It's my birthday. You know, it's like everyone has that feeling. It's like, oh, my birthday. This is great. You know, and then. Then as the day goes on, you're like, okay, have I done enough with my life? Right. And then you start going to this, <laughs> you go into this spiral and then you're like, wait, wait, do I still got it? Can I, can I still do the things that I was doing before? Like physically, mentally, can I still do my thing, man? 
Uh, and then you start questioning yourself. And then I don't know, man, you start going to a spiral. And then that's when you start having some beers and then you start feeling better about life. And then you start hugging your family and stuff. You're good. So uh, that's that like, that's your whole day. You know, when you're celebrating your birthday in your forties. Yeah, that, that always helps. I am not, as you know, this about me, I don't really like to celebrate my birthday at all to the point that like, you know, my wife had to twist my arm into even doing like anything for my 30th birthday. My, my, oh my policy God. is always, I want to go, I want nobody to acknowledge it's my birthday and I want to go to the same <laughs> bar that I always go to and drink the same beer that I always drink and eat the same food that I always eat with the same people that I always do it with. If anyone is even invited at all. This year she's like, oh, because one of my good friends here, Ryan, his birthday is, you know, right in, right, right by my, she was like, we'll have a joint birthday party at the house, you know, in the backyard with the pool and, and you know, you can do all the cooking uh, <laughs> and we will call it a joint birthday for you and Ryan. I'm like, how about we call it a housewarming party? So no one's allowed to come go. over before that. And then we, can, then we can fly. So yeah, I'm with you. I, birthdays in your, in like your thirties and your forties, like, yeah, come on. Yeah, it, it, and you. then once you get into your fifties, I really feel like it should be illegal for you to make like a big deal. <laughs> you just party. go straight to jail if you have a party. Yeah, that's great. Go to jail. <laughs> I love it. Hey, listen, uh, today's going to be a very uh, Philadelphia themed uh, podcast. Okay, we're going to break down AJ Brown, but you know what's really cool, man? We got the great Ross Tucker joining the program here in just a few minutes here too. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he does some Eagles pregame stuff and, and some stuff during the regular season, but he's Odyssey's NFL insider. So he knows all things Philadelphia. He knows all things in the NFL. Um, I, you know, if you don't know anything about Ross Tucker, well, first shame on you, go find him on Twitter. Uh, but he's got like, he does like literally, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I think he does five different podcasts on yeah. top of his Westwood one stuff. So he's like, He's Mr. Audio when it comes to football, but he's going to be joining the program, uh, which is really, really exciting. We'll, we'll break down the Philadelphia Eagles for sure. But I want to get into it, Matt. Let's just jump right in. A.J. Brown, uh, his profile dropped onto the, to the website receptionperception.com, a.k.a. Swole Batman. This dude that had 88 receptions on 145 targets, nearly 1,500 yards receiving, 11 touchdowns as well, 60.7 catch rate. Um, those counting stats, the 88, 1496, one, uh, uh, those are career highs. The 11 touchdowns tied a career high for Swole Batman. And, and this harkens back to our show from yesterday, which was, oh, Matt, but if he was a great player, he would have already produced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. The year before he joined Philadelphia, my man, AJ Brown had less than 900 yards. So come on, bro. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about player evaluation and put him in a different situation. You watch those counting stats explode, but that's the power of RP. We're telling you who's great before they're great. And that my friends is AJ Brown. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, man, yeah, A.J. Brown's so good. Uh, and it, it is interesting because obviously he didn't necessarily always produce like the biggest counting stats in, in Tennessee because, one, their run-heavy offense. You know, Derrick Henry right. was kind of the – central figure of, of that offense. I think he, on paper, he's still going to be the central figure of that offense this year, you know? So there was that part of it. Um, even though Philadelphia obviously is, is rather run heavy too. 
there was also just like he would get injured a lot. You know, there'd be some of that. Uh, so some that lowered some of the counting stats. But you're right. Like this guy, A.J. Brown, and I, I don't think people think – because in, in Tennessee he was – you know, an in-breaking route guy on play action and 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 sort of, you know, kind of like a run-after-catch beast. Like, that yep. was the best part of his game, I think, when you watched him just play on Sundays in Tennessee. But one thing that you see in, in reception perception is this guy is a truly elite capital E separator against man and press coverage over the last – over the last three seasons now he's cleared the 95th percentile in success rate versus man and press coverage in all three of those seasons 21 wow. 22 and then 23 wow. again in philadelphia where he checked in at the 96th percentile against man and press coverage i mean this guy is unbelievable he's unbelievable he also set a career high in success rate versus zone coverage in philadelphia which i think is important because you know I, this is something you know you're i think we talked about this when we did the did we talk about this with the Devontae Smith thing uh, when we talked about him on on the program? Actually, I'm not – I mean, dude, we, who the hell knows we talked about this. <laughs> we talk about a lot of guys all the time. We talk yeah. about a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of stuff and a lot of cool things like who's going to line up at X and who's going to line up at Flanker. And I thought that was really interesting with uh, the Eagles last year because I've said this before probably at some point on the program that with A.J. Brown in his final year um, – what ended up being his final year in Tennessee, you know – I thought it was interesting when they traded for Julio Jones because A.J. Brown in his first two seasons was like a pure X receiver. Ran out, especially in his rookie season, was just like pretty much 100% pure X. Like he was a big, right. big physical guy who went against man press coverage on the outside, could win in contested situations. Like he's your X receiver. But, you know, on the line of scrimmage, running up outside, et cetera. But then his last year in Tennessee, because Julio Jones is like, one of the best X receivers of all time. It's like, okay, well, we're going to take AJ Brown, who was a collegiate slot receiver, had played a lot off the line in college, and they made him sort of their flanker and big slot receiver there in his final year, Tennessee, more so outside, but occasionally inside. And then I was curious in Philadelphia, were they going to take AJ Brown and move him back to the X, or are they going to leave Devontae Smith at X because we know he's right. a great route runner against press man coverage? Um, turns out they left Devontae Smith out there to run that very difficult vertical X route tree, and then they used A.J. Brown more so as a flanker. The numbers uh, for, for 2022 for A.J. Brown lined up in the slot, a career high 29.1% of his sampled snaps and reception perception was off the line for 54%. So that success rate versus zone being a career high is even more impressive when you realize – he is a, he's running a lot against man coverage. He runs more against man coverage and zone coverage because of the offense that the Eagles play. But he's got to beat zone if you're going to be a flanker, if you're going to line yep. up inside. And he did that better than ever in 2022 with the Eagles. Okay, so I wanted to kind of – okay, I got two follow-up questions here for you. Okay, one, I was really surprised by his lineup data. Okay, the, the, the information I got actually in front of me here is that he lined up about 30% of, of the time inside. Um, in in the in the slot, right? So yep. that's a lot for a player like AJ Brown. I'll be the first person to admit. Oh, I, I thought just again based off of their 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 skill sets and their size. I was like, all right, AJ Brown's going to line up outside, and and Devonte Smith uh, when they go three wide receiver will kick inside. Just again, we're talking about a, a very slight uh, wide receiver, great mm -hmm. route runner as well. Uh, obviously. All, you would look at that just and just say, all right, well, yeah, he's going to play inside. Wasn't the case. So again, 30% came inside for AJ Brown. We're talking about a guy who's 225 pounds. 
Devontae Smith only lined up inside 25% of the time. That's interesting. He lined, Devontae Smith lined up inside less than A.J. Brown. Can you talk about the skill set required from A.J. Brown, again, at 6 feet, 225 pounds, to run those in-breaking routes? Uh, it's it's really freaky stuff, right? Because of, I think that's one of the things that got undersold about AJ Brown is again the run after catch stuff. Yeah, he's freaky in that way, but his ability to run routes and ability to sink his hip, at, sink his hips at that size, is crazy impressive. You know, especially crazy. on those in breaking routes. Like I like I said, I think people. <sighs> I'm not going to say like people under, I think under underrated AJ Brown a little bit and like maybe just missed this part of his skill set, mostly because again, the offense that he played in was yeah. so play action heavy there. Look, Arthur Smith is still doing this in Atlanta, right? It's like mm-hmm. in breaking routes against play action. Um, mm-hmm. You're not taking, and it's the routes that Ryan, by the way, it's the routes that Ryan Tannehill likes to throw. Like the credit to Ryan Tannehill is that he will sit in the pocket and he will get blasted uh, you know (laughs) absolutely which isn't which is why he's gotten banged up a a good bit um but he will he will stand in there and play action like rifle that deep dig route or that deep post route you know against zone coverage against man coverage to like an alpha receiver like aj brown but when you actually looked at aj brown through reception perception yeah he he wins in other areas so i i do want to make that point that like he could win on he could win on go routes in Tennessee. He could win in contested situations in Tennessee. But the real strength of his game, and it remained the case in Philadelphia, is his ability on those in breaking routes. And I think that's really you get that even more so in Philadelphia. And I think that was crucial. You know, the slant route success rate. I think AJ Brown might be the best like slant route runner in the NFL right now, wow. like on in breaking routes wow. like that. Eighty seven point five percent success rate on slants and and twenty three percent of his routes were slant routes last year. His dig route success rate's really high. His curl route success rate's really high. 